encouraged this morning uh, by the words that God brought. Um, I found it really tough seeking God most of the nights. <laughs> Couldn't sleep. And I'm like that most nights nowadays. I'm hungry for him. How hungry are you for him? You know, how hungry are we? And then the word that my wife put this morning just melted me because God's right here. He's right where you expect him to be. Uh, and as much as we can be hungry for God and we can seek after him with all our might, it's nice to know that he's right here. He's right here for us. This morning we're going to be um, speaking on Galatians chapter 3, verse 1 to 9. Before we do, somebody spoke earlier, I think it was this lady here, about, um, what was his name? Smith Wigglesworth? Yeah, I'm thinking about our great heritage, our great Christian heritage. And we had a house group week before last, and we actually look back 40 years ago when the first home groups and the charismatic renewal was happening in the late 70s, and the Holy Spirit was coming on people, and they were in these established churches as such, and they were forbidden in some cases to speak in tongues, uh, or to move in the things of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. And we were just looking back, and it, it comes partly my fault, because I've been looking back in my family history, I've, I think I've already mentioned it before, to look back at your family tree and your history. And, you know, it's quite interesting to see who you are. But God said to me, you know what, look to my family, look broader. Because I'd started to reach out to family that I'd never really connected with, cousins and people I'd never knew. I, I never grew up and knew them. Um, and God said to me, I want you to broaden the net. I want you to reach out to people in, in, in my family. And so I did, and I, I opened a Facebook page, and I hate Facebook, I really do. Uh, and I, I opened it purely for my family history to reach out to my family until God convicted me. And he said, reach out to broader people. And I thought, Really? Or do I have to accept him as a friend? I don't know. He's a bit dodgy. He might be a relation or he might be a Christian, but, oh, Lord, he's got history. Really, do I have to reach out to him? And one guy I was talking to, uh, an old friend, we were in Ireland, Southern Ireland, in Dublin, uh, and we were taking the gospel out into the streets, to the houses. And, um, you know, it can be so unnatural taking the gospel out into the streets, can't it? I mean, come on. If you're going to stop somebody walking, excuse me, I just want to tell you about Jesus. Excuse me, what, what? it doesn't work, does it? You kind of think, Lord, this isn't right. It's not natural. Give us a, give me a, what is it we used to call it? Uh, a divine appointment, yeah? Do you remember that? And this big guy, big Graham he was, very rough guy from Liverpool, really barely, but he was a real evangelist. And I said to Graham, I said, Graham, I'm not comfortable about just stopping somebody in the street walking across the park. I think I'm a mugger or something. You know, I want to find God, let God lead us to somebody. And that night we, we went into a cafe. We sat down. There's just two of us. There's a lady serving. Soon, soon as we opened our mouths, I mean, we're from Liverpool for one, <laughs> foreign to most people. She said, you're not from around here, are you? And we said, well, no, actually not. We're here because God sent us. And we began to share to her. She said, I'm busy at me. I'll just serve this crust. I'll come and sit with you. And we actually gave her the gospel there and then. And she had such a bad time uh, with demonics, basically. You know, her bed would shake. She was in terrible fear. And we said, you know what? We can deliver you right now from that fear. 
Right now we can ask God and he will take away this devil and you can ask Christ into your life. And God gave us that divine encounter. And when you look back to our, her- our heritage, it stirs you up, you know. It stirs you up. I mean, I brought with me here a balloon because, I don't know, I got this from my retirement day on Thursday. I retired from work, so he gave me a balloon. But, <laughs> <laughs> but what God said to me is, is, you can't mistake that, can you? All your eyes are on this balloon, aren't they? You know, and, and kind of, whatever I say, it doesn't matter. You're wondering, what's this pink balloon about? You know? And sometimes we can have perceptions of things, and we're distracted from what God is really about. And what God said to me is burst those perceptions. Stop holding on to what we know now because there are great things in God that he stored for us. I think it was Anna who prayed it. You know, great things God has got for us. Look back to these greats that we know in our church, in our Christian walk. And today in Galatians, we're going to get to it in a second, we're going to look back to our early family and what they hold, what they had. And it really annoys me because I think, Lord, why have they got that? Why have we not got the same? Is it because we're lacking belief? Is it because we don't seek you enough? Let's read Galatians 3, shall we? 3 and verse 1, and you'll see what I mean. Some call it faith over human effort, the cause of knowing the power of his Holy Spirit, and yes, including miracles, is when we hear, believe, and receive his message for our lives. This is what Galatians 1 to 3 is all about for me. You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by observing the law or by believing what you heard? Or are you so foolish after beginning with the Spirit? Are you now trying to attain your goal by human effort? Have you suffered so much for nothing, if it really was for nothing? Does God give you his Spirit and work miracles among you because you observe the law or because you believe what you heard? Consider Abraham. He believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Understand then that those who believe are the children of Abraham. The scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announce the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. So those who have faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. Now we see there, a bit like the balloon, you know, this is the whole argument of faith versus works. But I want to get a message this morning which God showed me. It's a bit like, I used to like photography in the old days. (laughs) You didn't have digital cameras back in the 70s and 80s. And I was a real, I always was photographing. And I was setting up a dark room then we used to have. Some of you youngins might not know. But you basically take your photographs on camera film and then you take it into the dark room in a reddened light, it couldn't be light, and you would, uh, what was the word? Develop. develop, thank you. Getting older, forget my words. You developed the film in the dark room, and you brought that image to life. And if you looked at the actual negative, it kind of, 
is what I'm going to do here with this, this passage. You know, we look, if we look through this, the lines, don't look at foolish Galatians. I want you to look at what he says. Why are they, they so foolish? After beginning with the Spirit, are you now trying to attain your goal by human effort? And there's three things in this passage, really. And what God said to me is hearing, believing, and receiving. That is the power of the gospel. Hearing, believing, and receiving. It's not about works. It's about our faith in God. And that comes, how does faith come? By hearing God, in believing him, and receiving what he has for your life. It's not all, anything at all to do with works or religion. So the importance of hearing God. You know it's a busy world that we live in, as we all know. Especially if you're parents and you've got children, you've got jobs. We all know too well it's difficult to hear God sometimes because of the rush of life. But it's important that we hear God. Someone said to me, you know, I don't think I've heard God for a while. Others say, can you really hear God? Is it possible in this day and age? Is that not just the scriptures written for the time as it was written for? Is God still a speaking God today? Well, yes, he is. Yes, he is. He is speaking. He's speaking to a lost world right now. He speaks to us. And you might have been a Christian a long time, and you might say, you know what? I don't think I've heard God for a long time in my life. I don't think I've heard him. Well, you know what you need to do? is begin listening. Begin to listen. How do you listen? Take hold of his word. It starts there. Read the Bible. Read the Bible. It begins there. Because if you read in your Bible, you see, or if you listen to it on a tape, you're taking time out. You're not listening to the busyness of life, the busy voices that come at us, the unbelieving spirits that come and say, ah, oh, it's not so. It was for back then in the day, back, these things of the spirit and the power of God. It was all back then. Maybe you've got an argument there. Maybe it's so. Maybe they had the Spirit of God and miracles because it was the birth of the church. It was needed. Maybe that argument's true. So, oh dear, I don't believe in that argument. You know why I don't believe in that argument? And I believe it's so. I believe we're in the last days. And I believe in the last days we will see Elijah, it says. Well, come, this is going to be great signs and wonders. The church, the latter-day church, needs more of the move of God, I would argue, than the beginning. Because there's so many hearts that have grown cold, stone cold, who've stopped listening, stopped stopped hearing God's voice. And you see, that's the first cut of the water flow. The first cut of life, of regenerating life into your life, into your spiritual walk, is when you cut that river of hearing and listening to God. Because what comes from hearing God? The next step is you believing. God's spoken to me here. He's speaking to me. He's quickening me. Does anyone remember that? What that was like? To have the quickening of God. Don't want to embarrass my wife, but I think she got the quickening of God this morning. God quickens us because he's spirit. So hearing God, it's so important. It's the first step. And this is what this text teaches us. Yes, it is the free gift of God over works. It is his grace. That is the message. But inside of that message is hear, believe, and receive. It's through faith 
The faith that Adam found, sorry, Abraham found, it's through faith that we come to know him. Other ways of hearing God, through the preached word, Romans 10.13, for everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How can they call on the one who they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. How can they? How, if they have not heard? You know, if this country shuts down the churches, disallows it, the word of God still needs to go forth, still needs to be preached. We were discussing a house group. It might be house groups where we find our strength and our faith and become strong in the Lord. But it's important for the declaration, the, the publication of the word of God, of the gospel. And you know, the devil would shut it down tomorrow if he could. And he tries like mad. And he does in some countries, but you can't shut God down. I think I've said it before, that God will come and he will speak he will preach his message. He'll speak his message of life to a person in the middle of nowhere. God can reach out and does reach out. And there's many testimonies that say that, my own included. Be ready and willing to hear God no matter where you are. Be ready to hear his gentle, soft whisper. In 1 Kings 19.11, this is the story of Elijah. There was a death threat on his life by the queen at the time. And it's in 1 Kings 19.11, the Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain of the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore through the mountains, Apart, tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came, a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? Do you remember that? <laughs> I laugh at that little testimony. We were devoted. <laughs> Should I share this? <laughs> and there was three of us there. You know, we'd done Bible weeks for many years. Uh, it used to be our holiday when we had little, three girls. Um, we didn't have much money except that was a holiday. And we used to love the Lord and we'd go every year to devoted. Sorry, not devoted, but Bible week. You know, we had some tough times the last 20 years or so, you know, and found it really difficult. We became isolated from God and the things of God and uh, devoted came along. And I thought, you know, I've got a motorhome. I should use it and perhaps I should go along. And I got there on the Friday before the two girls, my wife and my sister, and I pulled in, and once you get your vehicle on site, you're not allowed to move your vehicle, so you're, stuck. you're not getting up once you get there. And I pulled my van on, and I put my awning up, and I slept the first night, and the girls arrived on the Saturday. And the first thing I said to them was, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? Why would we want to put ourselves through 
the pain and the anguish that we'd known for years and years, you know, where we'd come to a t time where we, we, move, we moved away from those things. I'm talking of restoration, some of you might know, uh, in the 70s and 80s. We gave everything, we lost everything in, in following after God. Um, and we came to a time where we just isolated. And you thought, what on earth are we doing here? And my sister and my wife said the same thing, what on earth are we doing here at this weekend? And then there was a heap offering, and there was all different things going on, echoes of the past coming in, and you thought, what on earth are we doing here? And the last night uh, we went, I rather enjoyed it actually, but I still thought, what, what on earth are we doing here? Um, and the last night, they said, we're not going to do an altar call. Um, we're going to have two people come up and prophesy. And the lady gets up and she sings a prophecy. Beautiful, nice piece, nice prophecy. And then this old lady gets up, and I don't know her name. I did find out her name that night. And she prophesied, and the first words out of her mouth were, what, an, uh, what are you doing here? What? And we were sat in the middle of the auditorium, and we thought, <laughs> we just felt, it was as if God spoke audibly to us, what on earth are you doing here? Because he knew what we'd been through. Elijah here was in, under a death press. He'd just done the most miraculous, had the most miraculous encounter with God and with signs and wonders when he slew all the prophets of Baal, you know, and he called fire down from heaven. That guy should never have been afraid. And yet he was terrified for his life. And God says to him, <laughs> what are you doing here? You know, God inquires of us. He knows our hearts. He knows that life can be tough sometimes. And yet we battle through. If we've heard, if you've been touched by God, you battle through because you know he's real. He's been real in your life once before. He will be real again to you. So hear God. Learn to hear him. Learn to listen. Despite what you may have been through, like Elijah, through great signs and wonders, and yet God had moved him mightily, and yet he was terrified. He was needing to hear God. So why would we think that we'd get away from the sense of some days we just feel like we're not hearing God? For he is there. Hear him. Listen to him. And if we look at Galatians where we're saying this, understand then that those who believe are children of Abraham. The scriptures foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announce the gospel in advance to Abraham. It's by faith. And why I'm saying hear, believe, receive, that's all part and parcel of my faith in God. In coming to know him and becoming a child of him, as we go through that, as we begin to hear God and listen to him and, and believe him, and receive him. It's part of our faith. This is how we become born of God. If we move on to, to believing, how do we believe? Even sometimes God speaks and sometimes we doubt him. In Romans 10, 13, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. In 10, 16, but not all the Israelites accepted the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our message? Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message. And the message is heard through the word of Christ. So you see this thing called faith, belief, 
It's a supernatural thing. It causes us to step out sometimes. Peter stepped out on water to walk across to Jesus. That's supernatural, folks. That's not normal. The devil would say, you can't believe that. You sure you can't walk on water, Peter? Come on. But no, he rose to faith. He heard Jesus on the water and he called out to him. He heard him. And he thought, I'm going to reach out. I'm going to believe, Lord. And he believed and he walked towards him. It was only when he began to see the storm around him and the waves that he, he feared and he doubted a little that he began to sink. This faith is a miraculous thing. And what I want to learn today from these Galatians, oh foolish Galatians they may have been, for it says, have you suffered so much for nothing? If it really was for nothing, does God give you the Spirit, work miracles among you because you observe the law or because you believe what you heard? God's Spirit was amongst them. They had miracles. And yet they were seeking Bible studies on circumcision and Jewish law, basically. They had it all. You know, that makes me envious, hungry. Lord, I want that again. I've seen it in my lifetime. I want to know your spirit, Lord, moving amongst us. And we do to a point. But I want to know more of his Holy Spirit. And miracles, signs and wonders, healings. We've seen them before. Why not? Look back to our heritage. This is, these are foolish Galatians. They've already had all this. And they're moving on to foolish teachings. And works. That's some heritage. So you might stand here and say, well, Dave, you know, I know the Lord and known him for 20 years. And I study, I do my Bible study every morning and what have you. Do we know miracles? Some of us can give testimony of miracles. I know we can. We have one in our own family with our daughter when she was born. There was a time of heightened expectancy in the church. We were praying as men um, in the upper room, we used to call it, and we said, Lord, we want more of your power, Lord, more of your spirit amongst us. And there was a lady who was the pastor's wife, um, and she couldn't have children. She was a good 40, 42 maybe, somewhere around there. And we were all young youngsters then with children, two or three kids, and it must have been very difficult. And we saw a number of miracles. One, we, we saw uh, a cyst removed instantly with our own daughter, my youngest. We prayed and we looked, and it disappeared instantly. We looked, it, it was growing as she was only six months old, I think. And it was, it was one of them, you think, was it really there? Was it there? Or it, it just disappeared. There was no trace. Or maybe it was nothing. But then we prayed for this pastor's wife, couldn't have children. Um, and she conceived soon after she conceived and she was having a child and then she had the scan and they said oh looks like the baby's grown out of the womb or something it was really frightening we we suggest that you abort and we prayed again and we said no lord you you've given this lord we, you've given this child and we prayed again and she went through with the pregnancy did she have twins no she had two though didn't she she had two children anyway but she went through that time and that time of testing your belief. We heard God, we felt we'd heard God, and God, and she conceived, and then we had the test that comes. Ah, it's complications. But we believe God. And it's about raising our expectancy. That's what I want to do this morning, is hearing, believing, and receiving. This is the gospel. It's there in 1 John verse 12. Oh, sorry, I might be jumping the gun. We'll, we'll leave that a second. So in terms of 
believing God. It's, it's this faith that's growing within me. How does that happen? Well, it says in James 4, 7 to 10, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. <laughs> Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. Draw near to God. It's a promise. I pray it many times to him. Lord, I'm drawing near to you. I believe your word says, when I draw near to you, you draw near to me. You know that God promises that he'll draw near to us. It helping us in our belief. Do we believe in the risen Christ? When was the last time he encountered your life? Have we become complacent with God's eternal promises for his church? Have we hardened our hearts as in Hebrews 3.15? As just been said today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as they did in the rebellion. As just been said, so they could not enter because of unbelief. You know, Lord, forgive us, Lord, times when we hardened our heart, Lord, myself included. Lord, when I've needed that fleece, Lord, another sign just to confirm that it's your voice. Lord, I pray that you'd help us, Lord, in the coming days, Lord, as we hear your voice, to act upon it. What good is it if we just hear and we don't act and do what you tell us, Lord, to do? How are we going to be champions for you, Lord, if we don't take risks, Lord, and put your word into practice and act upon it and be obedient to it? Lord, I pray, Lord, for us all gathered here, Lord, that we would know, Lord, what it is to be able to stand in faith to be at risk, Lord, to say, yes, I've heard your voice. I'm going to act upon it. I just pray, Lord, that you give us ch chances in the coming weeks, Lord, to do just that, that we might receive your power, Lord, your spirit, that we might see miracles and healings, Lord, as we step out in Jesus' name. So moving to let's receive, you know, John 1 and verse 12, his power and authority to inherit our heavenly sonship comes directly from above. Yet all who receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave them the right, that's the power, the authority to become children of God, not born of natural descent, nor of human decision, or of a husband's will, but born of God. He gives us that power to all those who have received him. This business about faith, you know, I had a question on that. Because we heard the faith message that's preached. Is the measure of our power and authority in Christ determined by the measure of our faith? There are preachers that do preach this. I wasn't healed because I didn't have enough faith. Well, in Isaiah 40 and 29, it says he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. His power is not determined by our level of faith, but our ability to receive him. And to receive him, we must have faith. But it's not this business that 
I have great faith, therefore I can do great miracles or I can expect God's healing. It's not by our faith, it's about God's grace. It's about us receiving him into our lives and receiving him into our meetings and we gather together, receiving him into our situation, into our circumstances. It's his grace that moves. We just have to have the faith, the mobility to be in the position to be obedient to hearing God's voice, obeying his voice, believing in it, basically, and then receiving him. Receiving him. Not some power that's beside God. Not some power of healing ministry. It's nothing to do with that. Because there are plenty of people that do preach in that manner and do actually prosper from the gospel. It's got nothing to do with that. This is about the grace of God that he comes into my life, that I'm born again when I receive him into my life. So believe. First of all, here, believe and receive. Receive the Lord Jesus Christ into your life. So however, since we've said that in James 1, 5 to 7, if, you lack, if anyone lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. For he must ask in faith, without doubting, because he who doubts is like the wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. So Holy Spirit and miracles, this is what our brothers in the Galatians had, had received, which is why Paul's saying, oh foolish Galatians, you've had all of this already, why do you want to add to it? How much more could you want? How can you perfect your faith? It's already perfected in Christ by his death. It is about faith. We are Abraham's children. In that we, he was the first, he was the father of faith. So I just want us to raise our expectation. That's what God's challenging me. He's saying to me, Dave, raise your expectation. I'll close in shortly, but I another testimony of a chappy. Um, it's 1988, I think, as long back as that. And there was a line of people came forward for prayer, uh, and we were um, we'd just been ministering at the time. It was a Sunday morning. It's a tall chappy he was. I remember God gave me a word for him, and I went up to him and I thought it was like this way. It was like the Galatians, you foolish Galatians, who's bewitched you? And the word I had for him was, was who's who's hindered you? Because he was going on for God's grace. And I came back, I think we'd been away uh, that year in Yorkshire. And we came back and he's in the line and God said to me, I want you to push him. <laughs> and I, it was demonstrative. And I, was just, I just thumped him like that. I only thumped him like that, not massively. But he was so expecting that God was going to move. He flew three rows backwards. I was only meant to demonstrate to him. Please pull him back. I don't want to mean. But he was so expecting of God to move on him. I was just wanting to share a word that God said to me. He'd give me a word of knowledge to say, who's hindered you? Get up. Run for God. And about six other people joined the line. There was such an expectancy that God would move and I believe that God's saying to me, Dave, expect, expect more from me. He said something to me where you go now a few months ago. He said, be more, deliver more, and expect more. 
And it's a case of be more, be who you are in Christ. God has called us to be his children, to be effective for him. Deliver more. Don't just hold it in. Don't just keep it to yourself, but to share with others. And then expect more. The expect bit is expecting that God will do something. That you are bringing the kingdom of heaven into this earth, onto this planet, into the lives of people who don't know him. Because how can they know him? How can they know him if they haven't heard? How can they hear unless we come and we are sent? So that's what I'd say today is, is hear God, believe him, and receive from him. His healing promise in James 5.15 and the prayer offered in faith will restore the one who is sick. The Lord will raise him up. If he has sinned, he will be forgiven. The prayer offered in faith. And I do believe, you know, that we do need to do that more and more. If there's some, if there's some ill health amongst us, then we need to pray. You know, and I would like to give you opportunity this morning if you want to know or need prayer for anything. If it's not enough, if you're struggling, it seems like you're struggling week on and week off after. And the things that God, if you need to unlock some of the things we've spoken about today, about hearing God, you've not heard God for so long. If you found that your heart's grown cold, it's easily done. Then receive him. Receive him into your life. Receive afresh that God is real. He's a tangible God, you know. He touches us. He loves us, as we've heard this morning. So let's pray. Father, I pray that your word, Lord, would have effect in our lives. Lord, that you would stare us, Lord, that you'd speak to us, Lord, more, Lord, of your voice, of your direction, to every individual in this room, Lord, that we might, Lord, be able to take hold and believe in your word and receive you, Lord, receive you, Lord, and expect, Lord, that you will come and fulfill all that you've spoken as we're obedient to your word. Lord, I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.